Welcome to the Women's Wellness Psychiatry Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Anna Glazer, MD, a reproductive and integrative psychiatrist here to help you make sense of the complex world of women's mental health. If your goal is to improve your emotional well-being, find fulfillment, and feel like your best self, you're in the right place. Welcome, my listener friends. In this episode, we're going to discuss the relationship between mood and hormonal contraception. This is really relevant because, according to the CDC, as of 2018, 65% of women, 15 to 49, are currently using contraception in the U.S. About 80% have used the pill at some point in their reproductive life, and there's about 100 million users worldwide. And I think many of us know the many uses for hormonal contraception. Of course, there's pregnancy prevention, but then it can also be used to manage menstrual symptoms like bleeding or pain. It can also be used to manage perimenopausal symptoms and to manage premenstrual symptoms, including mental health symptoms. I think a lot of us are familiar with the fact that there's potentially side effects with hormonal contraception such as an impact on libido or weight. But did you know it could also be impacting your mental health? That's what I really want to focus on today. It makes sense that hormonal contraception would have an impact on mood. There are estrogen receptors throughout the brain, in the hypothalamus, the amygdala, the prefrontal cortex, just to name a few. And the research does show that estrogen affects many different neurotransmitters and neurochemicals, and other hormones like cortisol. Many of these molecules are known to play a role in mood disorders and depression, so it makes sense that hormonal contraception would have an impact on mood. Now, when research is done on hormonal contraception and mental health, generally the focus is on oral medications, what we commonly refer to as the pill. Most of those are a combination of low-dose estrogen and progesterone that's taken daily. There's actually also a progesterone mini pill option, and that's something that's not uncommonly prescribed in the postpartum period or for women who are breastfeeding. And there's different doses of estrogen and different types of progestins in the various pills. But despite how common these medications are, remember 100 million users worldwide, comparatively speaking, there's actually little research and even less on the impact of non-pill hormonal contraceptives. And there's a few of those. So you may be familiar with, for example, implants with a long-acting progestin like Nexplanon or the insertable ring like NuvaRing or certain kinds of IUDs, excluding the copper one, which doesn't have hormone. There's several others that do have low doses of progesterone in them. And I think it's, it's helpful to know that there's really individual impact of many of these medications. So for example, with Nexplanon, I had one patient where within two weeks of having the Nexplanon implanted, she had pretty significant onset of depression and irritability, and she actually contacted me for an urgent appointment to try to figure out what was going on from a mental health perspective. And we were able to figure out that it was related to the implanted hormonal contraceptive. And then on the other hand, I have another patient who's been on this for many years without an impact on mood. And interestingly, both women have a history of depression. So it's a very individual kind of response. And I've had the same experience with patients on other types of hormonal contraceptives. So for example, the IUD. 
I've had a lot of patients choose the IUD and really have no significant impact on mood. But then on the other hand, I've had several who do. And I think that's sometimes hard to know for many patients because the theory is it's a localized form of progesterone because it's just around the IUD. However, there can be these kinds of systemic effects. And so that's been my clinical experience. And there has been a little bit of data and research that suggests the same, where there's many different kinds of responses. So for example, in 2018, there was a meta-analysis that was looking at the available studies on progestin-only contraceptives and depression, and it actually found no significant association between the contraceptive and the development of depression. In contrast, there was a JAMA article in 2016 from Denmark that actually noted a significant association between hormonal contraception and the increased use of antidepressant medications. This was a large study with over a million Danish women, and it found this association, which was strongest in young women and adolescents, and the effect was strongest in non-pill forms of the hormonal contraception. So that would be things like implants or injections or IUDs. And I think that's really in contrast to the, to the other article that I just mentioned. And then we have the data on PMDD, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which shows hormonal contraception as a primary treatment option. So here you have three different articles that really show all three different possibilities. On one hand, you have the, the fact that hormonal contraception can be helpful for mood, mental health, and depression. On the other, you have the fact that hormonal contraception can potentially be associated with increased use of antidepressant medication. And then you have in the middle the fact that there's no significant association. So you can really find data in the literature that shows all three directions. And I, as a clinician, have actually had patients that fit into all three of those categories. So what's the conclusion? Well, the conclusion is that it's complicated and there's no current definitive stance on the impact of hormonal contraception on mood because the research is so mixed and individual clinical experiences are so mixed. But there's a few things to keep in mind when you're making a decision about contraception or when you notice potentially changes in your mood or mental health when you make changes in your contraception. So here are some things to keep in mind. Number one, thinking about whether or not you have a personal history of depression or a family history of depression. That's an important thing to consider when making a decision about hormonal contraception. Number two, do you experience monthly mood changes? Do you notice that during that luteal phase, the phase right before you get your period, that you have changes in your mood, whether it's an increase in depression or anxiety or irritability? Number three, do you experience physical symptoms premenstrually? That's definitely a hormonal impact. And do you experience a lot of changes physically during that similar phase right before your period? Number four is age. So this is a really interesting one because a number of the studies have found that young women and adolescents in particular do experience a more significant impact of hormonal contraception on mood and mental health than those who are older. So it's important to think about you know, someone whose age is in the late teens versus someone who is potentially pre- or perimenopausal. And then finally, 
The last one to consider is the type of medication. And there's so many different options out there. I think it's important to think about whether this is a combined estrogen plus progestin or a progestin only type of medication. What type of progestin? So, for example, there's some progestins that are thought to have fewer mood impacts because they have less androgenicity, like drosperinone. And that's something to, to think about. And then is it steady dosing versus triphasic dosing? That's another difference between the various oral contraceptives. So those are five factors to really be mindful of when you're thinking about starting hormonal contraception. And those are five factors to talk about with your doctor. Now, the next thing to consider with all of this is the possibility of pregnancy itself, if that's the main reason that you're choosing hormonal contraception. Now, yes, in one major study, the result was a greater risk of depression with long-term birth control. However, pregnancy itself is not without its complications either in terms of mood and mental health. And in fact, 15 to 20% of pregnant and postpartum women experience depression. And long-term birth control is one of the most effective ways of preventing pregnancy, especially in adolescence. So that's an important thing to consider when making this decision. If you happen to fall into the category of women who might have a significant negative impact on mood, mental health, and depression with hormonal contraception, what about the impact of pregnancy and not using the hormonal contraception? I think it's that's a really important thing and pot potential risk factor to consider when looking at the pros and cons of this particular decision. So those are the things that I recommend considering when making the decision about whether or not hormonal contraception is right for you and having that conversation really thoroughly with your physician who's going to be prescribing that for you. And then also to think about it in the context of if you've made a change in your contraception and you're taking hormones and you might notice an impact on your mood and mental health, to be able to put those two things, to link them together and think about, well, are those two things related? Is the reason that my mood or my mental health or my emotional well-being is different today than it was two or three weeks ago? Is that related to a decision related to hormonal contraception? So there's definitely a lot of mixed data. There's those three categories, the women for whom hormonal contraception can improve mood, the women for whom there isn't a significant difference, and the women for whom there's an association with depression. And it's really important to think about which category you might fit into based on your background, your age, and all of the factors that I mentioned, and have that thorough conversation with your doctor to make sure it's the right choice for you. Thanks for joining me for this week's episode. As you know, my goal is to share with you the most helpful information that moves you towards emotional well-being. If you have suggestions or questions, I'd love to hear those. And I also always appreciate a rating that will help others find this valuable content. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again next week. Please note that while I am a clinical doctor, this podcast is not a substitute for nor should be taken as medical advice. No specific health advice is being given on this podcast and no physician-client relationship is created by you listening to this podcast. All information provided on this podcast is for informational purposes only.